0: Welcome. Hello, I am Laura. I will be reading Amos chapter 8 from the World English Bible. Thus the Lord Yahweh showed me, Behold, a basket of summer fruit. He said, Amos, what do you see? I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then Yahweh said to me, The end has come on my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. The songs of the temple will be wailing in that day, says the Lord Yahweh. The dead bodies will be many, in every place they will throw them out with silence. Hear this, you who desire to swallow up the needy and cause the poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath that we may market wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel large, and dealing falsely with balances of deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver? and the needy for a pair of sandals, and sell the sweepings with the wheat. Yahweh has sworn by the pride of Jacob, "Surely I will never forget any of their works." Won't the land tremble for this, and every one mourn who dwells in it? Yes, it will rise up wholly like the river, and it will be stirred up and sink again like the river of Egypt. It will happen in that day," says the Lord Yahweh, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation, and I will make you wear sackcloth on all your bodies, and baldness on every head. I will make it like the morning for an only sun, and its end like a bitter day. Behold, the days come, says the Lord Yahweh, that I will send a famine in the land, Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing Yahweh's words. They will wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They will run back and forth to seek Yahweh's word, and will not find it. In that day the beautiful virgins and the young men will faint for thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, and say, As your God, Dan, lives, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they will fall and never rise up again. That is the end of chapter 8. A basket of summer fruit has been picked because it is ripe, just like the time is ripe for the judgment of the wicked at this point in Israel's history, but God is warning them right up until the last minute, the last minute when he cannot pass by or overlook the dispensing of justice anymore this justice will involve lots of physical death such that they will have run out of words to declare their despair as they clean up the dead bodies. And again, he refers to the festivals they are keeping in ritual mode, which you can learn about in Numbers 28 verses 11 through 15 and Numbers 10.10 about how they should have been keeping them. And then also, Isaiah 1.13 is another place where God says he doesn't like them holding their festivals when they're doing it meaninglessly. And then in Colossians 2.16, it talks about those under the new covenant not needing to be burdened by what others think about their holding of festivals. But here, the people of Israel are impatient with the festivals because they want to get back to cheating in their dealing with people which is specifically cheating and greatly harming the poor. You could compare these false scales to the way that the Federal Reserve in America prints money, which is a benefit to the rich when they get it first, but the poor and the powerless merely suffer from the inflation. It says in verse 7 that Yahweh will not forget. The context is that he will not overlook their wickedness as they continue to pursue it, the opposite of repenting and seeking goodness and Yahweh. It's not that he won't forgive because it says over and over in the Bible that he does, but he cannot forgive those who do not accept it on the only terms that it can be granted. To do so would violate all that is good and just. If you have a hard time with this, think again about the poor who are suffering. Should God just forgive the corrupt people even as they determine and proceed to harm and kill those they have power over? In verse 8, this seems to be talking about the way the Nile River rose and fell. The use of the term flood of Egypt in other translations gives more of a sense of the overwhelming nature of this cycle that is being compared to the destruction that will overcome Israel. Then their feasts, which some of which were mentioned in verse 5, won't be a party time anymore. Their singing will be filled with loss and grief. You can refer to the episode about Amos 5 for a discussion of what lamentation means. Verse 9 mentions the darkening of the sun, and whenever this happens, it reminds us of other passages that connect an extreme version of this to the final judgment, such as Joel 2.10, Matthew 24.29, Mark 13.24, Luke 21.25, Acts 2.20, and Revelation 8.12. However, there are other examples of heavenly events that are not at the time of judgment in the end times. For instance, there's the plague of darkness in Egypt, there's the sun standing still in Joshua 10.13 when Joshua fought the Amorites, and there is the time when Jesus died and it was dark from the sixth to the ninth hour as referenced in Matthew 27.45 and Mark chapter 15. It is also pretty well established that there were various eclipses that were part of the regular cycle of things then, as they are now, though God can obviously cause such to happen just as He desires and not on a regular cycle. So this here in verse 9 may be a reference to end times and or something that the people here could notice as portending immediate judgment going to happen to them. According to a commentator with the last name Hubbard that David Gusick mentions in his commentary, there have been calculations of two eclipses that did occur just after the time of Amos's writing. Sackcloth and shaving the head are symbolic of grief and or repentance from the earliest historical accounts. I will link to a Blue Letter Bible reference page that lists many scriptures and a couple of descriptions about the material of sackcloth. The biblical theme of the only son, as referenced here in Amos, begins with Isaac for Abraham and Sarah and is part of the prophecy in Zechariah 12.10 when talking about the inhabitants of Jerusalem when Jesus returns and they look on him whom they pierced. Verse 11 speaks of not hearing Yahweh's words as worse than a lack of bread and water. It is in line with Jesus responding to his temptation in the wilderness by telling Satan that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and you can read about that in Matthew 4.4. 4. Verse 11 here in Amos is also implying a hearing loss, such as the prophecies of Isaiah quoted in Acts 28.26 and Jesus talking about this in Matthew 13 verses 13 and 14. It is also the basis of talking about the hardening of both Pharaoh and Israel. Amos is one example where the word was given to them over and over, God openly pleading with them to actually listen and seek him. But the people of Israel, as a majority, would not, so now they will not even be able to hear. Though they wander from sea to sea and north to east, they will not find the word that they ignored for so long until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Then Yahweh will keep his promises and save a remnant who will turn to him as a nation. See Isaiah 11.11. But until then, even the young and healthy among them will flounder, and those who continue to follow false gods will never rise again. You may wonder why Amos keeps prophesying its depressing so much doom, but it is the fault of the people despising God and His goodness, and the result of His long-suffering and patience in giving them many chances to repent. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.